Squadcast, the Tag Digital Podcast. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Hello and welcome back to the Tag Digital Squadcast with me, Steph. And I am joined today by Charlotte and Cara, paid social managers or girl bosses, as Cara put earlier today, which I love. <laughs> but, you know, so hey, welcome, guys. Hi. Hi. Hello. How are we both? Good. How are you? That's good. Thank you. So we've got lots of exciting things today, as per usual, on the Tag Digital Squadcast. So first, we're going to begin with a quickfire. So Charlotte, we'll start with you. Oh, no. Boop, Okay. Sweet or savoury? Savoury. Me too. What's your favourite savoury treat? Um, oh, there's too many. Thai sweet chilli sensations with sweet chilli hummus dip. Nice, actually. Good combo. Yeah. Cara, what about you? Savoury. What's your favourite snack? Um, I don't know. That's a hard one. Too many to choose. I would say sausage roll. Oh. Or a scotch egg. Okay. Oh. Pizza. Is that yeah, savory? That's yeah. a, it's not really that's a snack. snack. Well, it depends. <laughs> but fair enough. I'm, I'm actually just going with Charlotte now, but I just, I love savory stuff, so I wanted to hear what you had to say, Cara. Okay. Right, Charlotte, back to you. Yep. Running or swimming? Running. Nice. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Actually, neither, but night owl. <laughs> just like a standard day. <laughs> During just the day. Just on a normal day. <laughs> Mid-afternoon owl. <laughs> That's actually so good because I'm exactly the same. Like, just want a standard day, make sure I get enough sleep. Yep. Not too early. Great, okay. Right, Cara, a couple for you. Yeah. Mountains or beach? Beach. Action or romance? Romance. Mm, yeah, what about you, Charlotte? Oh. Definitely romance. Depends. Good rom-com. I love a rom-com. Okay, fair enough. Right, Charlotte, city or countryside? Mm. City. Mm -hmm. That's a hard one. You've been on some good trips, haven't you? Yeah, and I grew up in the countryside and I loved living in the countryside. I love them both. So city holidays, probably living in the countryside. Apart from you live in Glasgow at the moment. Apart from when you're like, our age growing up it's quite fun to be in the city true so yeah okay fair enough okay Cara, Sorry, last, not really one. last one for you car tacos or burritos mm, burritos depends how hungry you are i would yeah. say yeah mind i do like tacos because you you can put a lot in them i don't yeah. know i love I a fish a fish tacos mm-hmm. really good okay great cool Squadcast, the tag digital podcast Okay, so on to the important stuff now, guys. <laughs> so we're going to chat about five top paid social trends that you should know about. Okay, so we're going to start with number one. Who's given us number one? That was me, the video funnel. Nice, tell us about it. Yeah, so um, obviously everyone knows video is something you need in your campaigns in 2023, 2022 every year previous um i know people should have really had them at this point but for anyone who hasn't yet yeah now's your chance there's no excuse for no video um but yeah the video funnel um basically different videos for users at different stages of the consumer journey which makes sense doesn't it because that's how we run other event marketing campaigns is that right yeah exactly cool so how does someone get started with 
the video funnel tell us a bit more about the different stages of the funnel just for anyone who doesn't know um, yeah, so we have top of the funnel, which is kind of our new users. So like job title targeting, interest, people who maybe haven't heard about the brand or the event in our case. Um, and then we have bottom of the funnel, um, which is our remarketing users. So people who have been on our website, interacted with our ads before, um, tend to fall into that category. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So are a lot of people using the video funnel or is this something which is kind of a new, new thing? I think in definitely a little bit newer and um, seeing some clients use it and take it on board and um, but we tend to see a lot more clients put the same video out um, at all stages of the funnel and um, but it does make more sense to have you know more of an awareness um, based video at top of the funnel and maybe a little bit more direct marketing and messaging for our bottom of the funnel remarketing users. It kind of baffles me that people say oh I don't have a video and they think that's fine to leave it at that because if you think about how you consume mm-hmm. all of your content now so much of its video like people don't have time to sit and read things all the time and it doesn't really capture their attention does it yeah exactly i think as well video tells the user so much more about the event so they could see a banner and not really envisage what it's gonna be like or know what to expect when they turn up so having that awareness video at the top of the funnel can give that view of what the event is like um show around the show floor from previous events things like that and then at the bottom retarget with speaker videos or product videos exhibitor videos things like that i think Um, it's a really clever way of thinking about it it might seem simple to us now but i think it's just a clever way for people to just think about video and and having the different types of video at different stages of the funnel so in terms of length of videos is there a specific length you'd recommend for these videos? We, well, I would always um, say to my clients to test a few different lengths. Um, So between 15 seconds and a minute, I would usually say. Um, We've tested longer, we've tested shorter. Um, It does kind of depend, I know, for uh, in this podcast we'll talk a little bit more about short form video because I know that's becoming very popular um, but yeah for the uh, video funnel I would recommend testing a few different lengths I'm not sure what you you te- uh, ask your clients Cara um, yeah I would always say try and like you say shorter videos tend to perform a little bit better so you kind of want to capture your audience's attention within the first three seconds you know after that people will swipe off especially on apps like TikTok and stuff where you're just swiping really quickly. Um, so yeah, 15 seconds is probably a good number, but 30 seconds max is kind of what I would say for really capturing the audience's attention. Would you say for bottom of the funnel, it's better to have kind of six second snippets? Yeah. A bit quicker, quicker videos there? Yeah, I think six, seven seconds and then a really strong call to action within the first few seconds of the video like book now register now get your tickets and um, stuff like that so the user sees it and is instantly knows what the video is about and it's also i know kind of promoting our own services but our video production service but people do have a big challenge with creating their own videos they worry haven't got enough footage and things like that and it is the case that you can pull together videos with stock footage it doesn't necessarily have to be all 
mm-hmm. your event yeah i think as well as you you can cut down like if you you've got a video that's a minute a minute and a half you can really cut it down and make it 30 seconds and it's not just video that can be used across paid social you know you can use it um at the event on organic socials you know on your website you know these videos can be used anywhere else not just ppc yeah back onto the six second video i actually I uh, recommended that to a client the other week and they like freaked out a little bit because they were like, how are we meant to fit everything into six seconds? Um, so yeah, our video service can easily do that for you. Um, and yeah, we kind of just provided them some, with some examples, but it can be done and it works really well. I think providing best practices to our clients often helps them relax a little bit if you've got exactly what you need to include in those six seconds because I can imagine someone who's maybe never created one before never thought about doing a six second one thinks exactly that oh gosh yeah how do I fit it all in okay cool we could talk about that all day yeah but I know your number two might link to what we were just chatting about so paid social trend number two hit it is TikTok and short short form video (laughs) so um yeah like we kind of just mentioned um short form video and is becoming very like much more popular and that kind of stems from tiktok um but on top of that um all the other social platforms are really jumping on that trend as well so you've got like facebook reels you've got youtube shorts um things like that so people are consuming a lot more short-term video now than ever before um and because of that i think users attention span is kind of decreasing a little bit and we do kind of just swipe on our phones and consume the first few seconds of a video so um yeah instead of making these minute minute and a half long videos um yeah we're finding short short form videos a lot a lot more beneficial i think i sometimes actually find myself watching a video which i see is a minute and a half long and actually fast forwarding like scrolling along to see if there's anything i'm going to miss in between and getting to the end yeah same everyone else is like that too yeah i'll see a minute and a half video and be like too long swipe (laughs) yeah you just want all the key information in a quick snippet really don't you i think as well like charlotte touched upon all these like social media platforms are kind of copying each other so they've all got their version of like a video a reels and stuff like that so if you're constantly used to just the quick swipe like six second 10 second 15 second videos you want to keep that consistent across all social platforms not just tiktok yeah and i think that that in itself highlights the importance of video that all of these huge platforms are really pushing for video aren't they so I think anyone who's not using video and short form video in the next month yeah week <laughs> next week yeah. next day by tomorrow are going to be struggling so don't panic but we can help so what sorts of industries like within the in- event industry what sort of industries do you think tiktok and these short form videos are most beneficial for are there certain industries you think they'd be better for Yes, we see, I think, the most um, traction from like food, beauty, home, fashion. Um, But I do think this is increasing as well. I don't think it's just these industries that we're seeing good performance. I think it's becoming popular across so many different industries. Like there's a lot of like construction. You see all those boy workers like dancing (laughs) and things like there's a lot of different industries that it covers so yeah it's not limited to those I'd say 
and in terms of age ranges, a lot of people, we've spoken about it loads before on the podcast, people think TikTok is for 18, yeah. 16 to 25 year olds. Is that is that how it, how it looks to you guys? No, I think the thing is with TikTok is you kind of see and hear about all ages using TikTok and there is something on TikTok for everyone and one thing to note about TikTok for a social platform it is quite search based um, I know especially if I'm googling sometimes I might just go on TikTok because it's easier it's more convenient um, so yeah I think TikTok works for all ages you just kind of have to make sure that the industry that you're working in the sector that you're targeting is actually on TikTok and you're not just putting out and traffic going to random people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know for sure, like my mum's now sending me TikTok videos <laughs> for recipes and things like that. So yeah, I do think it's for all ages now. Yeah, people, I've heard quite a lot as well, people, like you say, searching, people using TikTok to search now instead of mm -hmm. Google, Bing, yeah. et cetera. And we're seeing this across other social platforms as well, like Twitter ads and stuff are bringing out new search targeting. So yeah. Do we use Twitter a lot? less now that TikTok's around I would say personally but I don't know if that's just me yeah I think them introducing like search ads and things like that is maybe a way for them to stay a little bit more relevant um but we do find it as more of like an awareness platform um and I think subject to some particular industries as well um so yeah we don't I would say we don't use it as much um just now but and going back to TikTok, when you promote your events on TikTok or promote your services, does it come up in the in the feed as if it's a video within the feed or how does that show? It just depends what sort of ad you're running on TikTok. So there's a couple of different types. You have like your in-feed ad, which is just if you're scrolling and I'm you might get a video in between scrolling. You have your top feed um, video, which is when you first open the app, a video, an ad will come up in the first three seconds. So you might start watching a video and then um, one comes up. Um, you have stuff like Spark ads, which is more like your organic content and um, that you're kind of reposting in ad format, which will again, just come up as you're scrolling. So it just depends. There's heaps of different ad formats on TikTok that are great to explore um, depending on what you're trying to promote. Yeah, I think it's the ones which just pop up. Mm -hmm. I've always wondered how they just pop up. Yeah. <laughs> You've answered my question there. Yeah. So. Top feed ads, I believe is what they're called. <laughs> yeah, cool, it sounds like there's loads of different ad types. Cool, okay, so next, what are we going for? Um, I put down spotlight ads, which was just, I don't really know if it's gonna be a trend. They've been about for a while. Um, it's just something that some of us in the social team have started using a little bit more recently. Um, I think the thing with paid ads is they are, everywhere and everyone sees them so if you have the option to make them a little bit more personalized which you can do with a spotlight ad it does look good and where do they show so spotlight ads are basically a personalized ad format that come up on the top of your linkedin feed or just to the right i think yeah um, and it basically has your profile picture and um, the event or the company page profile picture and then maybe the dates and then the little call to action um, and usually we tend to put these out to our remarketing audiences because it's a great way of they're just scrolling through LinkedIn and they see oh the event name and their picture next to it they might it feels more personalized mm -hmm. okay so what sorts of call to action will it have on there you can personalize the call to action on that so you'd have like register now and buy your tickets and secure your pass stuff like that just really short snappy and um, they're just small little ads but because you can see your picture there it does feel a lot more targeted 
And the messaging would have event information, for example? Yeah, I tend to kind of put the event name and the event date and then maybe just a little tiny description, but you don't want it to be like... There's quite a tight character limit on them as well, so you have to be very like short and snappy. Um, okay, so yeah, that really builds on what we were saying previously about people's attention spans being being so short. Okay, cool. So that's that's a good one for, for people to really think about. I'm sure a lot of our clients don't know much about Spotlight ads. So thanks guys for sharing that. Okay, paid social trend number four. What have we got? We have first party data. Woo, woo. woo. Everyone loves first party data, <laughs> hey? It sounds riveting. Tell us more. So kind of like video, to be honest. Um, you kind of need first party data now moving forward to launch a campaign. We are heading into a cookie list future um, and we kind of need these uh, big data list CRM data to remarket to um, and help fuel the campaigns moving forward. Um, so any detailed substantial data list from clients, um, if the client has trouble finding these, you can launch lead gen campaigns to help build these for clients. Um, and yeah, we just really need them going forward um, to help strengthen the campaigns. Do we know when we're gonna have a cookless future? Or uh, do they keep moving it? Keeps changing. But I think it's, it's an opportunity for everyone to to really build their first party data lists. Yeah, like you exactly. say. So what kind of campaigns then, you just mentioned kind of lead gen campaigns, are they the main campaigns for building your first party data lists? I would say, yeah, most likely your lead generation because you're getting your audience to fill out forms and give you that information firsthand. Um, and the good thing about data is if you've got data from say past attendees people who have signed up to your newsletter these are users who have shown really high intent so you want to remarket to them sometimes we get clients who come to us with a lot of data that might be kind of like dead like not not dead data <laughs> cold cold <laughs> that's the word um so even though you might have a data list that's got hundreds of thousands of people, how many of them are actually still engaged? Unengaged data. That was the word I was looking <laughs> I for. I don't think I've ever heard anyone call it dead data, but I think it's it fair works. enough. Yeah. yeah, it's clever. I like it. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. So what else can we kind of do to generate first party data? Or is that is that the main one? I mean, that's probably how if a client was to come to us for um, help with that we would recommend that um, going forward and that can be connected straight to their CRM um, they can use it for email marketing things like that obviously it needs to, the permissions need to be accepted and things like that but um, they have um, that's really good quality they can use in other methods as well um, and keep, to keep them warm and things like that, which um, is really good. Would you recommend doing the lead generation campaigns across all platforms? I think yes, there's no harm in not doing lead generation across all platforms. Um, I think we see the best performance come from uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, obviously LinkedIn's sometimes a little bit more expensive in terms of advertising. So if they're on a budget, then Facebook, but um, we do see quality from the LinkedIn campaigns, so we would definitely recommend. Cool, and and can you create lookalikes then off the back of of the data to target new users? Yeah, so any data list that you would upload to the platforms 
across like LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and you can then create a lookalike of this data. So basically you're taking your source of really high intent users and then finding people who look like them or <laughs> like them and the platform will do this for you and this is a really great way to find new leads and new users and target them. Exactly. Going, talking about lead gen stuff, what would you recommend in terms of number of fields? We would always say the less the better just because again as a user you want to make it as easy as possible for someone to fill a form out. Um, in terms of uh, like personal details that's usually auto filled from the platform so first name last name email address things like that are automatically pulled from your profile so that makes it really simple and straightforward for the user to fill out in terms of custom questions we say to keep these to a minimum and um, because that does involve them clicking a few more buttons which believe it or not does increase the drop-off rate by a high amount so yeah we, we say to keep them as straightforward as possible and i suppose you shouldn't really be gathering in any information that isn't useful or that you would use i can imagine there's sometimes some fields in there that people are thinking yeah i need that but actually yeah i think a lot of the time we have clients when they're doing lead generation it might be for like an ex-prom campaign and they kind of ask us to replicate the form that they might have on their website but like you say it might ask a million and one questions, how many of them are relevant? And like Charlotte mentioned, these platforms do pre-populate the answers. So like your first name, last name, job title, company name, country are often pre-populated. So if you think, if you stick to those four or five fields, your user just has to click like one or two buttons in comparison to typing out all these additional, well, not irrelevant, but <laughs> additional fields that might they might fill out and then drop off like Charlotte mentioned. Does Facebook also, I know LinkedIn has autofill, so Facebook as well has the autofill. Yep. Okay. Obviously, if you have job title and things, some of your information may be outdated and whatnot. Um, so some things may be a little bit less um, accurate, but yeah, it has the same feature. Nice. Okay, cool. That's a big one, isn't it? We could talk about that all day, but yes, we'll leave that one there and we'll go to our fifth and final paid social trend. What is it? Dun, dun, dun. AI. It's a biggie. It I can is tell a Alex yeah. will smile at this one. <laughs> Producer Alex is, he's gone viral. On, <laughs> he on has gone viral. <laughs> on LinkedIn. So check it out. So I've already spoiled it there a bit, but with AI, what are we chatting about? I mean, to get to get some information for this podcast, I actually asked chat GPT myself. So I think Perfect. that kind of... Uh, <laughs> explains it <laughs> point proven um yeah chat gpt i think a lot of people are thinking what can i do with this i think that that was my first thought when i first heard of it i was like what can i do with this but now that we've i think a lot of people at tag have kind of started experimenting with it just playing about with it um and we are seeing some really good uses for it i mean ad copy especially it's a great one um to kind of speed up the process there um and also at the moment i think it's still just a little bit fun and exciting to kind of use it um just to get to grips with it i mean it's probably something that's going to evolve quite a lot over the next few months mm -hmm. few years um so yeah it's interesting to see where it's going to go and i think it's something definitely to keep an eye on yeah, I think everyone's panicking that it's going to take 
all of our jobs. Yeah. What do you guys think on that one? Yeah. Irreplaceable. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> That's Look enough us. said. <laughs> yeah, I think I've I've had done a bit of research on it, and I feel like it's not going to take our jobs. Alex might disagree, mm. but I think everyone needs to keep up to date with it, make best use of it, um, and use it to your, to complement your day to day. Yeah, use it to your advantage. Don't see it as a something as a weakness that's gonna. However, yeah. there are challenges. Do you guys know the challenges? The he, key ones to chat GPT. Mm-hmm. He's not always accurate. So she, she, they, yeah, they, sorry, it. they <laughs> are not. So take everything they say with a pinch of salt because, yeah, he's they are not not as smart as they may seem sometimes i think i think the lesson there is anything you put in you need to to double check yeah i think it's from my point of view from doing marketing for tag i think it's really useful for ideas for content creation blog titles all of that sort of thing what you can pull what you wish from it Mm -hmm. but you've got to be careful if you're asking it really in-depth questions yeah i agree i think getting ideas from it and inspiration from it is really helpful um but yeah you do need to double check and also all of the information in chat gpt now is only up until 2021 so yeah yeah now two years yeah out of date so it's already out of date yep see that's the problem but i I presume behind the scenes they're working very hard to get it up to date and work on a process for keeping it up to date but we shall see (laughs) but yeah are there any other ideas for how you think we can use it for paid advertising in particular for now um i think um i've not gone down this route yet but um kind of like strategy and planning for your campaigns um for example audience yeah, audience examples, um, structuring your campaigns. I think maybe it's not something that can give us as um, detailed answers about now, but definitely in future, I think um, it'll be useful for that kind of thing. Job titles and stuff probably quite useful, but the thing is if it's outdated then. Yeah, I think the thing is as well, the job titles it provides you with don't always translate to what's available on the platforms. Um, But like Charlotte said, it is really good for inspiration um, if you're trying to figure out maybe, yeah, just what sort of interests and job titles to target you can kind of. Yeah, I know on LinkedIn sometimes I struggle if it's maybe like an event, I've like an industry I've not got loads of experience in and maybe like medical job titles. I could ask ChatGPT and he or they can give me a list of loads of um, job titles I might have never even thought of. So yeah, so yeah, like we're saying, good for inspiration. Um, I was laughing that um, Alex had done a session for us um, in house and done some competitor research, and it just completely made them up. Yeah, so yeah, it's worth checking, but I think main takeaway is use it to complement your day-to-day and yeah just try and use it to your advantage but take a lot of what it says with a pinch of salt exactly so yeah cool guys so thank you so much for joining us on the tag digital Squadcast, and we'll see you all next time Squadcast, the tag digital podcast listen to the Squadcast on apple Podcasts or spotify